Welcome to the Her Influence Podcast, calling women to rise in purpose and influence in your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. The Her Influence Podcast is created on behalf of Gather Women by women in Canada for women everywhere to rise in their leadership influence wherever they are planted. A special thanks to our sponsor, Mercy Canada, restoring hope, transforming lives. And now, here are your hosts, Kathy Ostapchuk, Vanessa Hoyes, and Caitlin Say. Hey everyone, welcome to the Her Influence podcast. My name is Caitlin Say from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Thanks for joining us today. Today on the show, I have the privilege of interviewing my friend and co-host, Vanessa Hoyes. Vanessa is going to be speaking to us today about what it's like and what it means to be a leader or to have influence even without a leadership gift. Vanessa is the lead pastor, along with her husband, at Resurgent Church in Montreal. She's an author, a speaker, and a preacher. Vanessa and her husband, Andrew, and their four beautiful girls moved from Australia to Pioneer Resurgent Church four years ago not knowing a single soul in Montreal. They came carrying this God-given promise of a reawakening across Quebec and the French-speaking world. They have dug deep roots in our nation and fallen in love with the people of Quebec. Vanessa personally loves words in all forms and the four seasons the Northern Hemisphere offers. And she's a fierce voice for the strong feminine heart. She adores the local church in all her glorious imperfect perfections. And the gather movement fits in Vanessa's DNA. So let's lean in and listen to what Vanessa has to say to us today because it really is a message for all women in all places, no matter where you are, that you were created for influence, even if you don't feel like you have a leadership gift. Okay, how are you doing, Vanessa? So well. Good, good, so well. I still, I just want to talk like you. One day I will learn. Um, so you and your husband together are, are pastoring Resurgent Church in Montreal. You've only been here for four years, and this church is just exploding. You've got around a thousand people. You've got two campuses running. Tell us a little bit about that and how, how it's going for you. Uh, it's amazing. It's our fourth birthday. Uh, this fall. Happy birthday. Thank you. So we love it. We were called here from Australia. Didn't know a single person. Really just this this word, Montreal, Quebec, dropped in our heart and wow, you know, great wisdom around us. When you say just, Montreal, Quebec dropped in your heart, yeah. like tell us a bit about that. Had you heard of, of Canada, of Saskatchewan? <laughs> of, you know, I go to Saskatchewan, I'm from Saskatchewan. Had you heard of Quebec before? Never. Okay. I actually thought it was in uh, Rio de Janeiro, <laughs> Brazil, somewhere over the other side of the planet. Australia was so far away. Okay. We'd been to the West Coast of Canada. We just didn't know it had a French-speaking part, wow. amazing part to it. Now yeah. I'm biased. No, yeah. it's my favorite part of Canada. Yeah, of course. Right on. And today you're talking with us a little bit about what it's like to lead 
without a leadership gift, which seems a little bit uh, like, you know, we've got a paradox going on here. Um, but the truth is we have these ideas about leadership and, and what it is. And actually, it's very near and dear to your heart and a passion of yours um, for women to know that they are born influencers, whether they've got this leadership gift or not. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I think my natural inclination is not towards what looks like the stereotypical type of leadership gifting. I would defer decision-making to other people. I'm a nine, I'm a peacemaker on the Enneagram. I am not a D on the disc assessment. You know, my spiritual gifts, uh, like discernment is number one. Uh, but in the fivefold, it's much more pastoral. So just by nature, it wasn't necessarily when I felt uh, God was stirring influence, I was wrestling out how would I influence without some of those uh the box that looked like leadership required to lead anything or influence people or oversee something right? or step into uh, more of what I was feeling was this calling, but yet my gift set mix wasn't necessarily pointing me in that direction. Right on. So when it comes to influence then, because there's a lot of different opinions about this, mm-hmm. how do you define influence? Uh I would define it as being entrusted with an opportunity before you that is bigger than just yourself. Mm. Anytime, anywhere, those opportunities come to us. Will I lean in? Yeah. If this is not just about me, the second it becomes about someone else, I believe you're influencing. Right. Yeah, right. Mm. And I think sometimes we do uh, kind of step away from that responsibility, but um, really what you're describing, it's a kingdom life. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that um, daily just seeking first his kingdom yeah. and sort of his instructions for that day mm-hmm. and um, and living that out faithfully is actually influence. And, and so maybe we don't love the word leadership mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people don't maybe resonate with that, but to live a life of influence, of purpose, actually every human is yeah. wired to flourish in that place. Yeah. So I love your passion to... Um, help women embrace that in its fullness and whatever that looks like for them. And I know that you teach powerfully on a passage of the Bible that can be quite controversial. You know, when we talk about women in purpose, first thought, a lot of people think Proverbs 31. And it's a, it's a good place to land, but I do think that it can be thought of as um, limiting mm-hmm. because it sort of defines all these things a woman should be. But you bring a really fresh perspective to that to that passage. What has it meant to you? Well, I think the Proverbs 31 woman actually entered my life at the same time as I was emerging into womanhood, mm-hmm. wrestling out all those uncomfortable uh, um, feelings, uh, that that preteen, teen, even just even through to my young adult years, my what I would call my femininity, that that core womanhood piece, uh, developing as a as a female, as a woman, and then actually growing into comfort in my own skin mm-hmm. as a as a woman, a, a young woman, mm-hmm. happened at the same time as leadership opportunity came my way, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, my big passion has been to realize when God was calling out this gift of femininity, not to look more feminine, but the strength of 
this design of how we've been made as women, when I was uncomfortable in it, as he was healing that, every step of that way, it was for a purpose bigger than just, oh, I need to get comfortable with being born female. Mm-hmm. It actually had people attached to my healing and my freedom and mm-hmm. there was other people that wanted to be in those kind of conversations. So he introduced me to the Proverbs 31 woman not to work out how to become a better girl but actually to become a, a much more capable woman of influence because right. that's how I read her. I didn't read I have to cook more and sew more and that's why I kept her stapled shut because <laughs> right. my dad had left when I was young. I was wrestling out what femininity meant. I um, So there was, there was a lot of hurt for me being born female, mm-hmm. abandonment, um, wrong relationships with, with men. And so then actually as he was healing that, he was restoring um, purpose to my femininity. So I just read leadership all over her. I read capacity. I read capability. Mm-hmm. I read enlargement. Yeah. I read managing three, four things at once, influence in her city, yeah. favour. Like I just read something different. Yeah, you're really reading it through uh, kingdom eyes, right? And mm-hmm. just the way that God means to communicate. I think often, even with the scriptures, depending on the teachings that we've had over the years or even just um, assumptions that we grew up with, um, it's it's good to, to to sometimes just re-examine those mm-hmm. and um, just hearing your your view of, of what a good father would speak mm-hmm. through Proverbs thirty one exactly. and uh, having that kind of forefront in your mind as as you let him speak directly to you about that. Um, I I hear you saying that that this um, this embracing the feminine heart. Uh, it, it's not like a cherry on top of a woman's identity. Um, I hear you saying that it's really, um, it's absolutely paramount uh, to live wholehearted and um, the fullness of, of who you are with confidence. Um, what are some of the barriers that you think are there for women to bring that that wholeheartedness into spaces of influence and leadership and calling today? I feel like those barriers, uh, they can feel external. We'll discuss in another podcast, you know, ceilings and limits and maybe external and internal. But I I think women underestimate the strength of their womanhood Mm. to be the gift, Mm. to be how they influence. I think for too long we've separated our influence and our leadership nearly from our womanhood as opposed to uh, understanding their identity. If they do not function in that gift, being born female, if they do not function as that, then the world doesn't know half the nature and character of our God. Right. Because we were made in his image as male and female. Yeah. Now I also understand that women... There are so many women that will listen to this podcast and live in our lives, our spheres of influence that would believe the lie if they weren't born female. Certain things wouldn't have happened to them that did happen because they were born female and the lie that they 
that they want to believe or that they are believing is restricting them them from then living out Mm -hmm. the potential of their, the strength of their womanhood because it has been opposed. If we go right back to the Genesis revelation from the very beginning, our femininity, being born female, was ferociously and viciously opposed by Satan Mm -hmm. and he took everything female about us and decided that was the way he wanted to come in and distort humanity. Right. And yet at the same time, redemption and solution was right there also. Grace was right there. Right. So when God redeems that, he doesn't then ask us to put off those aspects of our life. He says now embrace them. Right. And bring them into kingdom endeavor. Right on. I think we would be doing a disservice to not be honest about the fact um, in our culture that most uh, leadership spheres are male-dominated. And uh, we, we love our brothers and we're made to, you know, to, to really thrive hand-in-hand hand for the kingdom of God, right? And um, to be beside each other in strength. And um, I think when it comes to barriers, there is, because it, it can be male-dominated, dominated spheres, there can be these ideas that um, a strong leader uh, acts in certain ways. And um, at times, those ways are not thought of to be feminine, right? Um, Do you see that in your spheres? Do you see that in your world? I, I love being in this conversation because I actually didn't grow up experiencing it in church life or leadership opportunities where I, in my context, uh, but I was mindful of it for people. Mm. I was brought up in a healthy house, male, female led. Um, My mum raised me, so I saw strong, uh, resourceful Mm. womanhood, Mm. you know, all those years as well. But I'm so mindful that it doesn't play out in everyone's life. So I have come to realise in ministry and my influence now, I would speak to all those various um, spectrums, Mm -hmm. but I was given full permission. Mm -hmm. The culture we grew up in was whoever's right for the job, you know, whatever. So to be honest, it wasn't the women piece. Uh, Often my lie was I don't have the leadership piece. Mm -hmm. And then for other women it's going to be I'm a woman and I don't have the leadership piece, you know. So there was a whole lot of stuff going on there as well. I love your point, actually. It's different for different people and different contexts and seasons of life, but the commonality that, uh, you know, I don't have what it takes to do this or to move forward in that. And so really that belief that... um, you know, because of who he is, yeah, I can, exactly. I can move forward, and um, and it's likely going to look like some kind of influence, yeah, because that's the essence of purpose, mm-hmm. and we know God's put us on the planet for mm-hmm. a reason, um, mm-hmm. but we also know that there can be a cost associated, and uh, and you talk a little bit about that in the work, in your writing, and in your teaching. Um, what do you think influence costs us as women? That's where I think navigating it as a woman comes into play a lot more. Mm. My my influence was nudged and nurtured even in a season where I wasn't walking with the Lord uh, as, as intimately and I would call it a season of really a different pathway. Mm. 
I remember a day my car had been given it by my father and I was kind of on my way to somewhere I shouldn't be, on my own, living a hypocritical life um, in the shadows, in some light, some liars, just this, these two lives I was living. And I won't, I'd never forget the fact that still by the grace of God, I was nudged in that moment to literally hear this voice say, this car was never designed to be empty. You were never, like, you were never given this car to not have young people that mm-hmm. you were influencing in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those moments. So so in that sense, the cost, although the joy was I returned to the Lord from that nudge, yeah. there was still a cost. I was going to walk away from a life I was enjoying, right? right? Yeah. I've even seen at the time. Now from there, the cost has done nothing but increase. Mm-hmm. And although your capacity grows, I think, costs become you you work this out yeah and so I'm a mum of four four gorgeous girls um having a baby navigating what kind of influence what I want to continue to have in other spheres other than now my home would I want navigating that the cost of that the perceptions of that yeah. the um what's right for me versus what's expected of me yeah um, that was a cost. Yeah. Breastfeeding a gorgeous little newborn in a parent's room, but then saying, "Could you now just hold my baby? I've got to go preach." Mm. Coming back down from preaching and having this cohort of women that must have been talking all the way in the parents' room through that message, not mm. listening, grab me in a corner and be like, "You are living unbiblical. You'll be judged before wow. the Lord." You know those kind of wow. moments where you're navigating the cost constantly yeah sometimes people are being loud about it and their judgment other times they're being quiet yeah you know the cost of as a woman that that piece that relational piece in our heart being misunderstood yeah being rejected mm-hmm. um the pain of people leaving your world of influence yeah um then you wonder is it something i did is it because I'm not a natural born leader, did I? Do, you know, like right. so. Then it's all those lies you can start to believe. Yeah, and then it comes back to the very question we started asking: What does it mean to have influence? Um, maybe when I don't carry this this typical leadership gift, and um, I really love that. Actually, the freedom at the heart of what you're saying is that I just need to hear from God, God. and I just need to walk in His way yeah. and embrace the feminine heart He's given me to carry the expression of who He is in this world. Yes. And that if I can keep my focus there and silence these other voices, mm-hmm. um, I can keep walking. But that doesn't mean there's not a cost. And I really appreciate your honesty about that. We don't need to pretend that it's a cakewalk if we just are... Uh, choosing victory, you know, although there, there is this element of embracing victory in Christ, but uh, there, there is the reality of difficulty mm-hmm. and struggle and hurt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I thank you very much for being honest about that and, and being real. Um, I was thinking a little bit about, about actually some of Anne Voskamp's writing. And she writes about um, when Peter is about to step off the boat and to, you know, walk on the water. And, and she kind of talks about how having faith in God is not just about believing in him. It's actually believing that he believes in you. Yes. And that's a different way to think about mm-hmm. it. And when, when I read uh, that in her book, um, I, The Broken Way, I, I remember really connecting mm-hmm. with that. I mean, yes, 
easy for me to talk about mm-hmm. having faith in God. A little bit more difficult to have faith about the extent to which God has chosen to believe in me. Why is that so important for women as they're embracing this life of influence God calls them to? That's that's it. It's a co-laboring. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a uh, partnership. Mm-hmm. From the very beginning, God walked in the garden in partnership, in relationship. Mm-hmm. He commanded. He he empowered. He said. Here's what you get to do. You have naming rights. You get, I can name them, but I want you to name them. Right. So from the very beginning, there was a, a co-laboring. Mm. And still to this day, I believe, honestly, he responds to our yes and he responds to our, like, yes, we might weigh up the cost, but I just told you some of the costs, but I wouldn't be who I am mm. without growing from those situations yeah. and constantly continue to grow from those situations. So yeah. it is a co-laboring. We have this phrase in our house. It started with my girls um, and then it kind of flowed over into our leadership life. It's a very, it's a fun phrase. We say at resurgent all the time and in my home. It's about you and it's not about you. Hmm. But it is about you, but it's not about <laughs> you because you grow and he loves you and he loves you just as you, not anything you do. Yeah. He couldn't love you anymore when he designed you. You are suitable, pleasant. Yeah. Before he told you what to do, he designed us that way. So it's this, I love you, but life is not just about you. Right. So as you start to live a life not just about you, it's like that's where this grace, I think, comes. Yet at the same time, then it becomes about you because you benefit yeah. and you grow and you change and you are shaped and molded by these opportunities. Yeah. And so... Um, we can't live our life in isolation. Yeah. Uh, even wherever our sphere is, yeah. as small as it may feel or as large as it um, may become, yeah. we just can't live our life in, in that smallness. Absolutely. Ultimately, God has got destined for us mm-hmm. joy and fulfillment. And so moving forward in his in his purposes, he's going to bring that. And so when we talk about cost, I mean, yes, there's these mm-hmm. painful times and there's these difficult decisions, but there is this treasure. Yeah. And it is relationship with the living God. Yeah. And as we taste it, uh, I think those glimpses in life of how mm-hmm. good it is kind of keeps you rolling and moving mm-hmm. towards this destiny and this purpose that it actually is fulfilling, mm-hmm. you know, and it is the joy marked life. And sometimes it's the pain marked life. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Vanessa, I'd ask you for our listeners, when it comes to this, this leading um, without the leadership mm-hmm. gift and embracing this feminine heart, uh, we, I think we all want to grow in that. I know I do. So mm-hmm. what is one permission slip that you would hand to us to say, Hey, here you go and go with this. The permission I would give people, I believe, is to respond yes when he called your name. Mm. So it's not to everything. Mm-hmm. It's not to every opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I envision permission like this. When my little girls were learning how to walk, there was two ways I could teach them how to walk. I could get behind them and force them and hold them up from behind and kind of push them forward. Or I actually found it more effective to get down on their level, get in front of them just a little bit and call their name. Mm -hmm. Look them in the eye, 
say you can do it. Come this way. Come on, Zara. Come on, India. Come on, Eden. Come on, Avalon. Come this way forward. And that's what I feel we have. God, God does. He invites us into lives of influence. Right. He invites us into leadership moments, seasons, or opportunities. And he does it by calling our name. We could say no, but our name is on that and he's graced us and designed us. And I knew those girls had what it took to take those first steps, but they needed me to stand in front of them. And that's what I believe God is doing to the women of our nation. Yeah. He's literally calling their name. Yeah. And asking them, I'm not asking you to run a marathon yet. I'm asking you to take a few steps towards me. Yeah. What a beautiful picture. What a beautiful picture to leave leave us with today. Um, and may we all be attuning our ears so that when God is calling, our name is something that we hear and we recognize and, uh, and we're ready to walk forward, trusting him, not trusting that we know the right steps or the right way, or but that he does and he will be faithful. Thank you so much for your time, Vanessa, and thanks for sharing your wisdom with us today. Love getting to know you. Okay, bye. What an incredible conversation with Vanessa Hoyes. I love how she talked about wrestling through struggle and difficulty, but being able to say, I wouldn't be who I am without growing from those situations and her choice to walk with resiliency through the struggle. I liked how she reflected the saying that they use in their home. It's not about you, but it is about you. And there's this call to live the life that God is calling us to live. She said to us today, we can't live our lives in smallness. And then she gave us permission to be people who respond yes when he calls your name. Not to everything and not to every opportunity, but to say yes when he's calling. What an incredible challenge. So would you help us to grow this community of women on a mission to live lives of purpose and lives that matter? We would love if you would share this podcast, if you would leave a review, if you would comment, if you've got something to share with us, we want to hear from you. As Danielle Strickland said a few weeks ago on the show, influence is using your power to benefit another. And it doesn't matter if you have a leadership gift or not, you're here on purpose for a purpose. And as we pursue that life together, we make great impact in our nation and beyond. So please comment, leave a review, share this podcast with those who would find it helpful so that we all can be living with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Her Influence podcast. We'd love you to share this episode to encourage a friend and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more on the Gather Women movement, visit gatherwomen.com. For free resources, circles, and events in your area, better yet, grab your girlfriends and register to join us live at the Gather Rise Conference, October 25th and 26th in Oakville, so we can meet you. A special thanks to our sponsor, Mercy Canada, restoring hope, transforming lives. And now, rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts.